Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but when it is broken down, it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. LifeBank is proud of what we do, and our number one goal every day is to fulfill our mission of saving and healing lives. However, we are keenly aware of the importance of our bigger role, the bigger picture, as a responsible community partner and being a good world citizen. We do that by providing opportunities to all, whether they directly relate to our mission or it's outside of the walls of Life Bank. We understand that it takes every one of us individually to create a workplace, a community, and a world that supports diversity, equity, and inclusivity. Hi, you're listening to episode 60 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. We have two very important guests with us to talk more about the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion, also referred to as DEI. LifeBank CEO Gordon Bowen joins us to talk about how that affects LifeBank. And also, Joanna Brown, Director of Equity and Inclusion Programs at the Greater Cleveland Partnership. Welcome to you both, and thank you for taking time out to talk about DEI. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you. Joanna, I am going to start with you, and can you explain what exactly is DEI and why that's so important today? Diversity, equity, and inclusion has several definitions, and in terms of importance, I'll start with the importance first and then uh, back into the definition. It's important because we do not live in a bubble. We don't work in bubbles. Um, and so we work and interact and live with people in regions. In a lot of ways, we are interacting globally. And so when we think of how do we want these interactions to be sustainable and successful, the ways in which we do that is to employ diversity, equity, and inclusion within our processes. Diversity looks at the numbers. It's more of the categories, the breakdown. You hear people often say, what is your percentage from a race or gender um, or other protected categories, a disabled person? Um, how many people do you have in those categories that are in your organization? Um, and a lot of times the question is asked in regards to your clientele. Who's your customer? And so with that, you want to make sure that there is equity, there's parity there. Inclusion invites more than just the dominant culture to the table. It actually creates a culture within your organization that will help others to see that what they bring to the table matters, what their experiences are, are embraced, their experiences are welcome, and it is more focused on your culture that you have within your organization. Equity 
uh, kind of puts the two together, it ingrains and embeds everything that you're doing from a diversity and inclusion perspective within your your processes. So I look at equity as where you really start doing more of your work. You're doing your audit. You're checking yourself. You're, from a company perspective, really wanting to make sure that the brand presence, the culture within the organization all matches and aligns with the vision and values of the organization. And if your vision and values are geared toward diversity, equity, and inclusion, then you should be able to see that in everything that you're doing. That's a lot to consider. Uh, yes, it, it, it requires intentionality for sure. But some of the, you know, this work has been done in a lot of different ways without really thinking about it from a diversity, equity, and inclusion lens. And so now as we, as the culture of the United States and the world is starting to shift and, and change, you are seeing more of a request to be more intentional about these efforts. Uh, there's a lot of things that are often done, but they're continuing to remain more performative instead of integrative. And so this is a challenge and movement that is here now to move DE&I into something that is integrative within the organization and the culture of the organization. Absolutely. Gordon, can you share some of the DEI efforts at LifeBank and what are we doing within the walls of LifeBank and then outside? I know you mentioned the mission and, you know, LifeBank's mission is really to save and heal lives by providing that second chance, a life with organized tissue donations. And our mission is universal in nature and that it affects, you know, anyone in our community, regardless of skin color, age, physical makeup, religion, gender identity, et cetera. And I've said this a lot in the community, that donation and transplantation can happen to anybody, anywhere, anytime. And it has nothing to do with any of those parameters I just mentioned. And we do know here in Northeast Ohio and nationally of all the health disparities, specifically tied to the African-American community, and how there's 40% of the wait list here in Northeast Ohio that are African-American waiting for a kidney transplant. But we also know only about 17% of our donors are African-American. And we know the better the match based on race, the better the outcome long-term. So we live it and breathe it every day, but we need to continue to do things to promote that. And we do a lot of education. I know we currently have a campaign going on called a consent campaign where we're, uh, we're doing billboards and RTAs in those highly African-American population communities that have low B&B registration rates. Because ultimately, if we can get more people to say yes to donation, we can transplant more individuals. But I'll also tell you that LifeBank is also rooted in our values of service, quality, teamwork, commitment, integrity, and innovation. And my goal is, as a leader of the organization at LifeBank is to make sure that our leadership team stands behind these values and continues the pledge to support diversity, equality, and inclusion in our workplace and beyond. And how I got involved with Joanna and GCP, historically in 2006, LifeBank created a community-based board with focus on diversity as a board needed to represent the people we serve. That was one of my biggest goals. So we began that process and we worked with the Commission on Economic Inclusion at the time, which has changed its name to the GCP. So we completed the GCP uh, diversity survey and, uh, and was ultimately elected into the Hall of Fame by winning that award three years in a row for a mid-sized nonprofit. And that meant a lot to us because I will tell you, and I know Joanna and I have had this conversation, 
it's a top-down approach. And I really believe that if you have a diverse board that represents the community you serve and you have the CEO at the top living and breathing that, it will filter down to the staff and to the community as well. Two and a half years ago, we did hire a chief talent officer to increase those efforts in DEI so that we can make sure that we do the right things for the current employees as well as we recruit new and future employees. So as Jawan alluded to, we had to change a lot of our processes. We're changing policies and programs, our hiring selection process, how we do compensation, employee relations. We do an employee engagement survey. So all those things are key to moving the needle and putting more efforts in that DEI effort. So we're proud of what we've done so far, but I'll be the first to tell you we're not done. We don't get it all right. We make mistakes along the way. And I think that's part of the key is to be able to step up and say we can do better. And that's what I want LifeBank to be able to do. It's an ever-changing landscape, isn't it? It certainly is. LifeBank is continually looking for ways to improve on all levels. Joanna, what are some things that we can do right now to improve DEI and our efforts within the workplace and the community? You know, this question often comes up. And some of them are, I have a, a lot of thoughts on this, as you can imagine. But I'll give some simple things for organizations and leaders to consider. Number one, Dr. Martin Luther King said that budgets are moral documents. So I am always encouraging leadership to look at their budget and their line items for their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. And we have resources to actually accomplish the goals that you are setting out for that initiative within your organization. Two, I often say the words are not enough, but there is a commitment to inclusion. There's a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion within your organization. Uh, that you actually demonstrate that, not just in words, but it should be expressed indeed both within and outside of your organization. So for some organizations, that could mean stepping up the communication. That could mean you know, really doing that work to help make the organization more inclusive. Uh, but it can also mean that sometimes you have to say something. And so we've seen where now organizations are actually making statements outside of where they normally would not see this many statements statements about things of injustice or where a discrimination has taken place. And now we're starting to see organizations be more active in those roles. And I encourage organizations to consider what is your role in that because you are both an insular organization, but you're also a part of the community. So looking at how you show support through the community is going to be actually very helpful. Something else that an organization can do is to make your diversity training, your inclusion training, ongoing, continuous professional development, and even consider coaching, especially for hiring managers. You know, there are topics such as emotional intelligence and literacy, cultural competency, as well as racism that should be referred to more frequently. I hear a lot of organizations censor their training around unconscious bias. And while that is a great topic, 
I think that further topic can actually help to anchor the DNI efforts within an organization. So those are things that I, I would recommend to any organization. You know, continuous professional development dem- actually demonstrates that you are you, you are an inclusive organization, both internally and externally, and consider your budget and the resources that you have allocated to your DNI efforts. You know what? You can do all those things, but if you're not measuring or provide doing some sort of assessment, it's going to be hard to know how well you're doing. The the fourth thing that I would add is to create some sort of scorecard or metrics. Uh, for your organization, obviously GCP, uh, Greater Coding Partnership, we do have an organizational assessment that we uh, conduct annually. So there, there's more information about that that we can provide. But it is a good way for organizations to learn where they are and to see where they want to go. So I would encourage the, uh, that to be the, the fourth things that an organization can do regarding their DEI efforts. Well, thank you. Those are all practical concepts that we can certainly improve if we're not uh, already doing that. Gordon, you're part of an organization called CEO Action, and they are also addressing DEI. What is CEO Action doing this month to promote DEI? I think this dovetails in exactly what Joanna was talking about, how to get more involved, because, you know, LifeX, one of those organizations years ago where we check the box. We bring in people to do diversity training. You know, we have diversity topics at our staff meeting, and then we just down the vine. So, you know, probably two or three years ago, I was introduced to PwC because our current board president, uh, Jim Will, works for PwC, and he and I talked about that, and he invited me to one of these CEO Action for Diversity Inclusion workshops put on by Pricewaterhouse. And so the CEO Action for Diversity Inclusion is really a CEO-driven business commitment to advance diversity in the workforce, and I pledge to do that. And from my understanding, there's about 1,200 corporate leaders currently representing companies uh, in about 85 different sectors that have signed this pledge, and LifeBank has done that as well. As Joanna alluded to, you have to do different things to be able to to promote that and stand up as a leader. One of the things that we're doing is this podcast to kind of kick it off. The CEO action, what they're asking us to do is pick one day this month of, of April and use that day to promote DE&I in the workforce. Uh, so we have chosen uh, April 27th as the day that we're going to bring this up at our staff meeting. Uh, we are creating a proclamation from LifeBank for myself endorsing DEI. We're looking to add information on our website landing page on behalf of LifeBank on the significance of this pledge. Clearly, we'll be doing things via social media. We'll be bringing in guest speakers to discuss diversity-related topics this year. And we're talking about putting together a town hall meeting with me to, uh, with a roundtable discussion to staff sometime later this year as well. So we think we're making headways into this. Because we realize that LifeBank, the staff that we have are great staff, but we struggle sometimes to bring in people of color. You know, in the healthcare community, we struggle with people trusting the healthcare system. Joanna and I have had this talk. A lot of people don't think that if I come into the emergency room, that their lives are going to be saved and uh, they're going to be used to be an organ donor. And that's a big misconception. So we know we have a lot of work out there and we want to be able to recruit the right people and be as diverse as possible. And so we know we have our work cut out for us, but I think we're putting the right things in place 
uh, by partnering with GCP and other people. And the CEO action piece, I think, is something, again, a top-down approach that has been done by many, many corporate leaders. And um, I would just make the pledge out there today that everyone needs to educate yourself on the challenges going on in the minority communities. For us, to be able to, to save more lives through increasing organ donor registration in the African-American community is a win-win for us. But we also need to respect and appreciate all the differences that we have out there. And then, you know, act as an advocate and be an ally to work toward a better future for all of us. And I think, you know, we're on that journey with Joanna and uh, and others, but we're not there yet. We have a lot of road to cover, but we're trying to make that effort. So that's really what we're going to try to do to kick off the CO Action Program on our day is April 27th. I like talking with Gordon because, one, he's very honest about what he knows and what he doesn't know. And... In addition to being honest, he's open, you know, being open to share the stage and amplify voices that may not be heard and that he doesn't always have to be the person that represents LifeBank to start diversifying who's the voice of LifeBank. And that is a powerful and very thoughtful initiative to do when you are are understanding that, hey, I, I have power. And so making room for others who may or may not look like him, specifically African-Americans, to help amplify the work to that community and to show that this is an inclusive organization is worth noting. And I hope that there are other organizations who can follow that pattern, follow that model, because I believe that it was definitely helped help move the needle, help move us forward in some areas. I feel like we get stuck. And when I say we, I mean, society can get stuck in an in incrementalism. But the great challenge to move past that and to think broader about how we can acknowledge our, our movements, our growth, but also keep moving. <laughs> Rest when you need to, but don't quit. You know, keep moving. I agree 100%. 100%. Gordon, is there anything you'd like to add? No, I think Joanna hit the nail on the head. Again, we're always pushing to make a difference. And I know she's exactly right because I'm a white CEO, but we have pulled in uh, individuals of color to help me to share the stage, the interview, or whether we do a podcast together. You know, I can be the CEO, but I am not always the best person to put in front of my individuals to talk about it. And I think that will help build trust and it shows equality across the board. And I'm open to that because ultimately for our mission, it's about saving and healing lives. And, you know, 22 people die every day because an organ is not available. And we need to figure out whatever we can do to make that happen and working with people of color and making sure that we, we address the issues and understand their needs will only lead to more lives being saved. So why wouldn't we do that? Well, I thank you both for spending so much time with me talking about this very important topic. And it's only with great friends and partnerships like the Greater Cleveland Partnership and Joanna Brown, LifeBank will continue to be successful, but also to continue to improve. So thank you both for your time. Thanks, Colleen. Thank you. We hope you found today's episode inspiring and informative. Let's Talk About Life can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And of course, 
always on lifebank.org slash resources. We encourage you to subscribe and we invite you back next week. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.